Welcome back to Fathoms and Enneagram Podcast. This is our final debrief. Um, we're going to debrief trauma. You uh, just heard three episodes with some amazing people. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, thank you so much for joining us on this season of the Dynamics of Personhood. It's been a wild ride and uh, really excited for you all to hear the finale episode. We've been working really hard on it. So yeah, thanks for joining us on this unique season that we've had. So let's jump into this trauma. Three different people we have, Sharon K. Ball, we have Dr. B and Miles Adcox. One word, give me one word, y'all. What was one word? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. (laughs) Abram, he's puffing his cheeks and shaking his head. He's crying? (laughs) So many emotions. It's (laughs) insightful. Mm. Insightful. Very nice. Very nice. My word would be impassioned. Mm. <laughs> I just think all all three of these all three of these people were just just hitting things left and right of all these things that we've been talking about numerous times in the podcast and to hear it from brilliant people like them was just it was so great just critiquing compassionately like including integrating all these different ways of being and working on ourselves and I just it was inspirational maybe that's a better word I was inspired um, to to continue to keep doing this work and to uh, press into new new areas so um, let's start with Sharon K ball what is what's what's something that you all took away from from her conversation well do you guys remember the energy of that conversation because it was It was like she was preemptively saying all the things that we wanted to talk about. We were just like, yes, yes, yes. It really was. And it was amazing. It was such a rush for me, I think, just connecting with a guest like that and being feeling like we were just on the same wavelength. So Mm -hmm. that was a really fun experience. And I liked how she talked about trauma as a starting point, uh, as a piece of information not as a label, not as a, this is an identity you have to carry, but this is a starting point and it gives us some data to help us understand what you need right now. And I just feel like that's such a compassionate, relieving way Mm. to speak about it. I remember when I sent her into fight or flight, when I asked my question about her (laughs) Myers-Briggs finder. That was great. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh. Something that I really enjoyed was when she's when she drew that distinction between like coaching and, and therapy and just knowing those lines, mm. knowing when to use what, and knowing that there's going to be some crossover when it comes to trauma. And and I do think, especially in the Enneagram community, like we all know the listicles, the memes, and the reductionist attitude that we take towards the Enneagram sometimes. And I think that's that's just the same in the trauma community. And I, Lindsay, I think you asked this question in one of the interviews of just how do you, like your kids saying like emotional damage and triggered and like using all the words that we associate with trauma and it, and it does take some power out of it, mm. but it also is, um, it's powerful that it's in the collective consciousness of sorts. Mm-hmm. But I just really loved how she delineated that 
Yeah, you're right. There, there are some valid concerns that we shared with Sharon um, about it being so common. And like you said, I think it shifting into the collective consciousness is how we see long-term change over the next several generations. So I also really loved her practical in her book, her really practical 3M triad practice that she offered, which is the um, movement, meaningful connections, and mindfulness. And that incorporates all three of the intelligence centers that we talk about in the Enneagram. And she said, it's amazing that everything you need for trauma resolution is mm. is already there. And so mm. just developing some skills around integrating those three centers, the Enneagram helps with that. So like, how beautiful is mm. it that this tool can be so impactful for helping people with their trauma? It's really helpful. And so if you're at all interested in hearing more uh, from Sharon, uh, Sharon K. Ball, you can definitely check out her book. It's called Reclaiming You, Using the Enneagram to Move from Trauma to Resilience. Solid book, mm-hmm. my friends. All right. The one and only Dr. B. I'm so glad I got to meet her finally. Yeah. She's amazing. She's a gem. She really is. Um, I just I now have a life goal of walking down the street holding hands with her. And it's like on my bucket list. <laughs> yeah. wow. oh that's amazing yeah i that's it was hard for me to actually it's hard for me to sum up that conversation because there's just so many things that she talked about um i mean she talked about the resilience is not random right that she dropped that one on us Mm -hmm. and it oh gosh even let's let's apply it to the enneagram like the work that we do in the enneagram is like yeah i'm gonna work on my self-preservation instinct okay what does that mean right it's not just it's not just random i'm going to think about self-preservation and do that more or preserving and do that more it's no it's it's specific skills that we acquire and we do the boring wake up and do the boring task Mm -hmm. in front of us and there are ways to continue to grow and to evolve and to see the world in a different way and it's not random Mm -hmm. it's very it's not straightforward right but it's not random right Mm -hmm. we have this data we have more information than we've ever had which means we have a greater responsibility to Mm -hmm. address it and i was not expecting that from the conversation but i loved that essentially she was she was teaching us and and bringing up the conversation of the politics of trauma and resilience and when i say politics i mean in the in the literal definition definition of it, which is just how we are organizing our lives together. And I think that fits our theme so well because trauma is somewhat individual, but the impact of trauma is communal. And so when we're addressing it as individuals, we are also affecting mutuality and unity. I just really, really thought that that was powerful. How she she talked so much about community and our responsibility to one another as a yeah, community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the title of the episode, I, I forget exactly what it was, but victimhood. We talked about victimhood as well, and how it's it's fine, it's it's good to acknowledge yourself as a victim, but when it becomes a an identity, victimhood, 
that's when we start getting into issues. And I think we see that we see this in the Enneagram community all the time of, of making your your type again, like the thing to get over or the or the thing that is wrong with me or the thing that is holding me back in my way, all the language that we use. And as soon as we initiate that sort of um, conflictual language, then we're immediately setting ourselves up for a fight, mm. right? And maybe it's not a fight. Mm-hmm. Maybe what you need to do is figure out how to work with right. it to take it in a new direction. So I, I think mm-hmm. that just that applied really well to the Enneagram community as well. Um, it's just just the I don't want to say normal trauma, but like just the the normal existence, the normal traumatic part of existing, and just the idea that resiliency, uh, growing, uh, obtaining um, this capacity for maintaining some level of resilience amidst difficult emotions that are still going to come no matter um, how much work we've, we've done. Um, I think it's just, first off, it's, a, it's a, it kind of going back to the episode with, with Andy Squires. It just is a reminder that um, our humanity doesn't ever disappear. The, the parts of our story that are really valuable, they are what give us a perspective and, uh, and a compassionate one towards others as well. But uh, but yeah, I, I just think it's a uh, resiliency in my mind is this this I this capacity to still be affected, still be hurt, mm-hmm. but now I'm able to return a bit more quickly. I, I don't get stuck outside mm-hmm. of my window of tolerance. I still feel things deeply. Um, pain is still <laughs> inevitable, but I don't get lost mm-hmm. in it, and I'm able to return now um, in a way that I didn't. Or couldn't before. Like one of my f- favorite sort of ways of explaining trauma is that when we were experiencing, when we had that experience, we didn't have us, we weren't connected to a certain ground deep enough to help us digest that experience. And and uh, wow. doing yeah. the kinds of doing the kind of work that helps us become more resilient is gaining relationships that help us feel connected, that help us feel grounded so that we can return to that pain and not get lost in it again. Mm. And that's how uh, that's how we begin to find healing, uh, not being cured, but how we find healing from trauma. That's why as well, like I think trauma is primarily healed, not only, but primarily healed within relationships. So uh, just uh, heard talking about community and uh, the value of that alongside trauma, I think is incredibly valuable mm-hmm. and important. Yeah, to use a very tired cliche, I guess what's the image that's coming to mind for me is that when a physical wound on our body, a deep wound at least, heals, it's considered healed, even if you do have a scar, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I have three children and one of them was a C-section. And so I have a scar. It's considered healed. But that was a traumatic experience for me. And that scar there does remind me of the traumatic birth that I had with my daughter and sometimes brings up difficult emotions. But it is still healed, you know, and and Mm. healing. So Yeah. I've had coaching clients before kind of ask me, like, when when is it over? Mm. Like, when... When do I, like my type, when do I not have to deal with it anymore? It's like, well, 
some good news and some bad news, right? Bad news is never. <laughs> good news, it gets better. And it is, it is like like Seth, what you were saying, Abram, like you were saying, it, it it's 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 not so much that I'm never going to have to deal with the things that fours deal with, but be, they become less frequent, less intense. And if they are really intense, I bounce back quicker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To try to escape that, I don't think I'd want to. Yeah, yeah, because it does it. It taps me into the world that I'm living into the, the mm-hmm. what it means to exist. I remember sort of there was a sort of relief that hit me a while back when I realized that my wounds, that my patterns are never gonna go away, but my relationship with them is what can change. I think it's Viktor Frankl that says, "When your circumstances don't change, you must." And you know, we I, I sort of briefly touched on the, the concept of the window of tolerance. I don't know if she mentioned it in there at all, but I think we've addressed that in our podcast multiple times. Um, it is it is true that your your the level of your window of tolerance, how how wide that is, how deep that is, how resilient you are is entirely dependent on um, how grounded and how connected what your what's called your attachment, your your secure attachment, how securely attached you were to your primary caregivers growing up. Mm. Your window of tolerance is directly correlated with wow. that. And so I just find that interesting that how you actually work with trauma is finding secure attachments as as an adult. And the fact that that's actually a thing that we can do that's a that's part of the beauty of I think modern technology and, and growing our understanding around, you know, the brain. The brain, 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 brain. <laughs> the pinky, the pinky, and the brain, brain. brain. <laughs> so finally, we have Miles Adcox, um, and what a joy that was to be able to interview him. I was really surprised by that interview because I didn't really know who Miles was until Abram got him to come on the show. And, you know, I trust, I trust you, Abram. And so I was just like, okay, this will, this will be a good guest. Um, But honestly, I think I'm so used to there being so many people who are in Enneagram space or in doing self-help stuff that, don't really know what they're talking about and don't really know what they're doing. And I was so impressed with Miles. He is so knowledgeable. Um, Not that credentials always tell you everything you need to know, but um, he is very experienced and skilled and compassionate. And so I have a lot of admiration for the work that he's doing and also making it really accessible to people. And on-site is yeah. a different format than just your traditional, you know, therapy experience. And so I think there are there might even be people who have some trauma around their therapy experiences. <laughs> mm, yeah, for sure. And that just yeah. not, you know, not being great. And so being able to offer people new ways of encountering therapeutic tools, I think is going to really help us, you know, in the coming decades. I think I really appreciated how honest and human he mm-hmm. was, but also his approach. Um, and I think that is what I, I would love to see start evolving in the self-help community and Enneagram community and just broader 
psychology therapy community mm-hmm. is just let's look again. We have more data. We have more experience. Let's look again. Is everything we're doing actually helpful? Mm-hmm. How can we make this more accessible, more human, more honest? Um, like the thing he talked about where the projection that happens between like therapist and client. And he's like, instead of like we instead of us talking about oh, this person's projecting on me, he's like, well, okay, how did you deal with that? Because we will all be projected upon and we will all project onto someone else. And so having that place to just process that, open up about that and make it more normal. Because it's just, yeah, it's just us doing life. We don't have to pretend that we're not affected mm-hmm. um, by someone. And I think that's just, that's one example of what I really appreciated about that. And I, I think it's easy, like in the Enneagram community, for ex- for example, of getting so caught in the theory, getting so caught in the, are you this or are you this? Are you this or are you this? And, and okay, now that you're this, here's what, here's some things that you can do, but but then it's divorced from just normal, how how things just normally work, practically speaking. And it's 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 again, it's just we need to develop better skills. And how do we do that? Practicing them. Um, it's it's nothing magical. Mm-hmm. It's nothing supernatural. It's just doing the it's work. Super the everyday work. Natural, you know. Yeah, there it is. Like extra <laughs> ordinary. Extra natural, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think uh, I forget if this was the exact word I used, but I named early on that Miles is one of the more genuine people mm-hmm. I've ever met, and and I again would echo that. And I think that's kind of what you said too, Creek. But but that is what came across in his our interview with him too, because it's it's one thing what I've heard a lot of people do with Enneagram content or even other kinds, uh, it doesn't matter if it's just Enneagram content, but but you're communicating information without having experienced what doing something with it that, that is actually valuable and transformative for your own life. And Miles had a ease to him, and I think that's just kind of the way he lives his life about, it's, there's that, there's that line, um, you can't take people where you haven't also already been or been first. And I think that Miles is kind of a, the, one of the best models for that. He lives what he preaches. He doesn't just you know, tell people about the kind of content that could help or heal them. You know, He's lived that stuff. And I think that was what was evident. And I, and I think that's also getting into like some of these, these concepts around early ideas with the Enneagram that maybe have... Um, become outdated because once people started actually using them in, in real life coaching, oh, maybe that's not a thing. That was a just a, a concept. And now we're finding out it's, you know, like, I mean, this isn't just the Enneagram. This is how kind of science and and all these different things work. Well, we've got to let go of these ideas that we've been holding on to that aren't actually real anymore. So I just... Uh, I just think um, that only happens when you start living that with real life people. And I think that's just what, I think that's what Miles kind of really models well. Abraham, I think that's a great point. And and as a transition into our finale episode um, on ego and essence, and we've, we've hinted at this over, over the past season or so, but the whole season has kind of been leading up to this last episode and you might be wondering why are we why are we doing a finale episode on something so esoteric and philosophical or whatever. And 
I think it started off as like, well, our most listened to episode is Ego and Essence. And we think differently than how we presented it the first time. And I think it's important to revisit that and to critique ourselves mm-hmm. and in the ways in which we've learned that some of those ideas may not be as helpful as we once thought they were. And I'm always, I'm always excited to critique myself and to to find out where I'm wrong. And I think it can be a painful journey, but I think it if we're really committed to seeking after truth, to seeking after clarity, then it's worth it. It's absolutely worth it. Um, and I think trauma and this whole concept of ego and essence, which is, and just the overall theme of dynamics of personhood, individuality, mutuality, and unity, this is all leading up to like, what does it mean to be you? Mm-hmm. Like what, what is, who is you? Um, and we're not going to answer that question <laughs> can we, can <laughs> as we, much as we've can tried. Can we meet people that way at the conference? Who is yes. you? Who is you? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And, and so these, this language of ego and essence that we use in this community, I think it's pointing at something deeply true and, and like what we subjectively experience these ideas. Um, but what does it actually mean? Um, and is there better language for these terms that are more inclusive, more integrative, more human and authentic to what it is to grow and live in such a kind of chaotic universe that is full of contradictions? Yeah, and I, I just I think one of the to continue on with that thought, I, I just think one of the reasons we also wanted to address these two concepts is, First and foremost, that they're really not uh, opposing uh, ideas, uh, but they are connected. But but also just the uh, the fact that it's really really important to figure out if we're all working with the same uh, definitions or not. And it, we really it's it's not you know really in, entirely possible to get on the same exact page unless we could get into each other's brains, but at least to clarify um, what we mean by these terms. And because there, there has, ten, I think there, we would all, I think we would all be in agreement that these terms, you know, there is a potential tendency uh, for them to be misconstrued enough that they can be used in ways to bypass uh, aspects of our humanity that shouldn't be or that really can't be. So I, I think I'm, we're just looking forward to having a conversation that brings in some more clarity on what we actually mean when we talk about ego and essence. And if these are valuable words uh, to still keep using, um, but but to uh, kind of expound on them by what else we mean and um, get more clear, I guess, is what I keep saying. But yeah, we're going to have some exciting voices help navigate and narrow in on 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 what what it is we're trying to do with these with these terms so uh, super we're super excited about this i am just going to be representing all the people who want to know why this matters exactly it's like yeah why why does this yeah. matter and i think for for me it matters because these concepts underlie okay if we go back into the season theme of dynamics of personhood, right? And we've been talking about all these labels and how they affect our stories, how um, people perceive us because of our labels and how those labels hold us back, but also really deeply inform us. 
But then the thing behind all of that is your sense of self, is the choices you make. And I think it is, whether we like it or not, we are all philosophers. Just some of us think about it more and actually have a handle on the language. We, we have language to put on what we think about these things, on the nature of self and, and why we do the things we do and what is the end goal, all those things. And, and I think that's, this is, we've been skimming over the top of sorts of these labels, not that they were in, uh, inadequate or, or not valuable, but these are all labels that are, but underneath is this concept of what does it mean to just exist as you without labels, without those sort of things, the, the experience of operating on this rock floating through space that may seem like a useless conversation to some, and that's fine. Like, but I also think it's for those who are serious about inner work, having a proper sense of self and where we're going is fundamental to being able to work well and not get in your own way. I don't know. That's, that's my spiel. Yeah. I'm just hoping that at the end of these conversations, I, I think personally, just being vulnerable here, I have some resistance to this topic because it feels so huge. So I'm having to practice some openness to just say, if there's something here for me to learn, I want to learn it. Um, but it feels so big that I have a lot of resistance to it. And I think there might be other people out there who are just like, why should I care about this? It mm. feels like it's going to take so much energy. So I'm hoping that we can make make this conversation an accessible one for people who are kind of like me um, and offer them a, a new way of seeing and some clarity, like you were saying, Abram. Absolutely. That is the goal. And we are really excited to have um, two amazing guests on to help us work through these topics. Um, some of you may know Mario Sikora for Awareness to Action, um, and he's a really great friend of the podcast and just a brilliant person that has done a lot of work on this in a way that makes it practical um, and clear. And joining him will be the one and only Russ Hudson, who some of you may know as well. Um, a big a big name in the Enneagram community, a big thinker. Um, and we're hoping to have a conversation in which they will probably disagree on a few things. And I think that's really important. And I also think it's time. It's time to really shake some foundations of what it is to do good work. And I think this is the beginning of that. Um, so we hope you'll join us um, in listening with, listening to Mario Sikora and Russ Hudson as we explore this topic. So as we close out this season, we want to, again, thank you for joining us for this season. It's been quite the ride and we've really enjoyed all these all these different stories and, and going on this journey with you. We've learned a lot. And again, yes, our goal is to make this next episode, Ego in Essence, something that is actually useful and not just a bunch of high-minded nonsense. And that's that's the true reason of diving into it is because they can these concepts can be very high-minded and nonsense and who really cares on some level. Like, But what does it mean to actually exist and live a life that is meaningful live a life that is that is full of love and compassion and peace and all those other things so we hope you'll join us on the finale episode and uh, until next time 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Fathoms, an Enneagram podcast. If you found this episode helpful in any way, consider sharing it with a friend or family member. We are so honored to be on this journey with you, discovering our inner depths, one fathom at a time. Truthwork Media Studios.